you've probably heard that John 11.35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. Many of you could probably quote it. Jesus wept. That, that's the shortest verse in the English Bible. It's not the shortest verse in the Greek New Testament. Greek New Testament, uh, John 11.35 is actually three words. The shortest verse in the Greek New Testament is 1 Thessalonians 5.6, which is two words, just 14 letters. Very short, very to the point. I imagine if you wanted to look that up right now, you could probably memorize that while I'm speaking. Maybe. Longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119. 176 verses. Anyone want to try memorizing Psalm 119 while I'm preaching? That would take a while. Okay, that would, that would take a long while because it's, it's all about the Word of God. And so it's sometimes very difficult to remember which verses which. Shortest chapter in the Bible is just two chapters before Psalm 119. It's Psalm 117. That is where we will be today. Psalm 117, two verses in. By now, you all are hoping that this sermon will be very, very short. I hate to disappoint you. There's a lot in this little chapter. Hopefully, you will be out in time for your 1 o'clock class. <laughs> psalm 117 is a psalm in a group of psalms called the Egyptian Hallel. The Egyptian Hallel. Hallel is the word that, that has to do with praise in Hebrew. So, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Psalm 117 is one of the psalms in that group, the Egyptian Hallel, and it is a descriptive praise psalm. Remember, there are two basic kinds of praise psalms in the Old Testament. The descriptive praise psalms that praise God for who he is, his, his normal character, his normal way of acting. And then there are declarative praise psalms that focus on some specific act of deliverance. I was in a very, very specific jam and God got me out of it. In a case like that, you would, you would write a declarative praise psalm. This is a descriptive praise psalm. Just five short poetic lines, but so much here. Let's take a look. The command to praise is typical in a descriptive praise psalm is in verse 1. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. Praise the Lord here is a variation of that familiar hallelujah. It's, it's grammatically a little bit different, but if you're looking at it in your Hebrew text, you'd go, yeah, it means the same thing. Praise the Lord. Now, praising the Lord is not unusual in Scripture. In fact, even just within this small group of psalms, the Egyptian Hallel, we've seen it a number of times. Psalm 113, verse 1, 
Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 9 in Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. So that psalm opens and closes with praise the Lord. Psalm 115, verse 18. We will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Psalm 116, verse 19. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. Praising the Lord is not just limited to Israel here. Here's the catch. Here's, here's the surprise. Praise the Lord, all nations. Now, wait a minute. God chose Abraham so he could save the Jews, right? They're his chosen people. But all through the Old Testament, the choice of Abraham to be his channel of blessing was that he would be a channel of blessing to the whole world. If you've had my, my OT1 class, my Pentateuch class, you know that the Abrahamic covenant is given nine times in the book of Genesis. And many of those occasions, God makes it a point of saying that, Abraham, you will be a blessing to the world, to all nations. God's goodness, his grace, was never intended only for Israel. Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah, the ultimate servant of the Lord, would sprinkle the nations what on earth does that mean? Sprinkle the nations. It means that he would provide an atoning sacrifice for all the nations. That's Isaiah 52, verse 15. Jeremiah was appointed a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. A prophet to the nations. He wasn't just to bring the word to, to Israel. Zechariah foresees a day when the Lord will be king over all the earth. 14 verse 9, and nations will stream to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. Zechariah 14 verse 16, praise the Lord all nations. Second line, parallel to the first, synonymous basically with the first, says, extol him, all peoples. The, the surprise here is extol, the word translated extol, is not a normal Hebrew word. It's more common in Aramaic. It's an Aramaic word. It's a borrowed term. We should be familiar with borrowed terms. We borrow terms from other languages. If you're cooking, you're probably familiar with the term saute. French. So if you're talking to a French chef and he knows little or no English, you could use the word saute and you know what it means and he knows what it means because it's a borrowed term. Aramaic was very closely related to Hebrew. 
Aramaic was the language of the Babylonian Empire. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that this is a very late psalm. The fact of the matter is we don't know when this psalm was written. It could be early. It could be late. But the point is that God chose to use a term here that's a foreign term. It's as though he's saying, uh, okay, praise the Lord, all you nations. Oh, well, that's in Hebrew. Some of you nations may not recognize that. So I'll, I'll give it to you in Aramaic. He's making it accessible to them. Back when I was in seminary, we lived in, in Dallas, Texas. And if you've ever been in Dallas, Texas, you know there are some neighborhoods in Dallas, some areas where if you go in the grocery store, many of the signs, maybe all of the signs in some cases, are in Spanish. Okay, now, understand, my grasp of Spanish is pretty much limited to tacos and burritos and enchiladas. Okay? That's my grasp of Spanish. So I'm sitting in our apartment one day. We lived in seminary housing across from the school and I'd gone to class and I'd gone home and I was curled up on the couch doing some of my required reading and the phone rings. And I pick up the phone. And, and there was a Spanish name in there some, somewhere, Juan or Pedro or something, but it, I recognized that he was asking for this person. And I said, I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish. I'm sorry, but the, there is no Pedro here or whatever. Click. So I go back to my reading. Ring, ring, ring. Jump up, get the phone. Pedro. There's no Pedro here. Click. It rings again. I mean, this guy's persistent. He wants to talk to Pedro. So I pick it up, and I don't know what to do. Okay, I told you, my, my Spanish is pretty much limited to, to taco, burrito, and enchilada. But I'd seen signs around, you know, if, if some place was advertising that they spoke Spanish, it would say, Se hablo espanol, which I took to mean we speak Spanish. So I tell this guy, no hablo espanol. Which somebody told me later is correct. I mean, it's like, what? Click. A minute later, phone rings again. It's like, this time it's a boy. He's, he sounds like he's you know about seven or eight years old. And he's at, he asked me in English if Pedro is there. And I said, I'm sorry, but you have the wrong number. There's no Pedro here. Okay, thank you. That was the end of the calls. That was my one Spanish phone call. <laughs> so proud of myself. That's what God is doing here. Praise the Lord, all nations. Oops, just so to make sure that you nations get it. Extol him in Aramaic. 
Now, obviously, that's not all the languages of the world, but it's as though he's saying, I want to make sure that all of you get this. So I'm going to go ahead and translate it into another language that you know, later on, at least, we don't know when this was written, but at some point in Israel's history, Aramaic became a common language. Praise the Lord, all you nations. The call to praise goes out in Hebrew and in Aramaic. Typical of a descriptive praise psalm, you have a call to praise and then you have the cause of praise or the cause for praise. So verse 2, for great is his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. For great is his steadfast love toward us. A little surprise in here. Literally, in Hebrew 4, it is strong against us, his loving kindness. You wouldn't, you wouldn't normally think of God's loving kindness as being strong against us. It's a, it's a military kind of, kind of term. God's loving kindness is fortified against us. A little surprise. God's love is strong. The word for strong here is a word that's related to the term for warrior. Gibor, a mighty warrior or man of war. God's word, God's love is strong for us. And the word for Loving kindness is that word chesed. See, I've, I tell my students, you have to have a good cold to speak Hebrew. Chesed. It's a word that's hard to translate. A lot of the translations will translate it loving kindness or loyal love or steadfast love. It's a very common word in the Old Testament regarding God's character, God's loving kindness, that is, his loyal, faithful, persistent kind of love. He cares about us, and he always cares about us. The parallel term here is, the second line, the faithfulness of the Lord is forever faithfulness. God is faithful. God is I don't want to say predictable because in some sense God is not predictable, is he? Yeah, we, we, we can never be sure what exactly what he's going to do, but we can always be sure that what he does is good and right. God's loving kindness and his faithfulness pair of characteristics that we've seen here in the Egyptian Hallel, Psalm 115, verse 1, for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness, same pair. Psalm 116, verse 5, gracious is the Lord and righteous, our God is merciful, three synonyms of this loyal love. 
This is the kind of God we serve. Psalm 118 verses 1 through 3 has steadfast love three times. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. But this pair isn't just limited to the Psalms or just to the Egyptian Hallel. Back in Exodus chapter 34, where God revealed his character to Israel, when he told Moses, this is who I am, he said that he is the Lord abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Keeping steadfast love, uses the, the, the word chesed there twice. Keeping his steadfast love for thousands. Numerous other passages in the Old Testament pick up on this as key characteristics of the, the character of God. We could look at Psalm 40, verse 10, Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, Nehemiah, verse 9, uh, 9 verse 17. We could look at a number of passages. I just want to look at one. Look at Jonah. Good old Jonah. Jonah chapter 4. After Jonah finally goes and preaches at Nineveh, and Nineveh repents, and Jonah is sitting outside the city gates, watching the city, waiting for it to be destroyed. And he knows God's not going to destroy it. He says, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I know that you are, get this, a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Jonah had good theology. He had a bad attitude but he had good theology. And it, it, what he says reflects right out of Exodus 34. Praise God, all you nations, because we serve a God who is great in his steadfast love toward us and the faithfulness endures forever. It just doesn't get much better than that, does it? We could look at a number of other passages. We could look at Psalm 136 where the refrain, the second half of every verse is his steadfast love endures forever. It's weird. Critical scholars, they, they look at the Bible and they say, oh, well, the God of the Old Testament, he was, he was a meanie. He was a God of judgment and wrath. But the God of the New Testament, he's a God of love. It's, it, it's mind-boggling. It's so sad that those critical scholars have never read the Bible. They've never read the Old Testament. Psalm 117, praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, 
and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Why? Praise God because He cares. He loves. He is faithful. There's so much in that one verse. And then he ends with praise the Lord. Okay. I, I often tell my Hebrew students repetition is the mother of learning. Repetition is the mother of learning. Repetition is the mother of learning. Yeah, he, he's heard that one. <laughs> the psalm is only two verses long. It's only five poetic lines, and he takes pains to restate his main point. Praise the Lord. This time it is, in fact, the, the normal hallelujah. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Two verses. Even in this short psalm. Psalm 117. Very near the middle chapter of the Bible. Some disagree whether it's Psalm 117 or 118 is the middle chapter of the Bible. I don't know. I'm not going to sit and figure that out. But, I mean, just look at your Bible pretty close to the middle. Short little psalm. It's easy to get lost in a long book, isn't it? I mean, you read 1 Kings and you go, well, I'm not sure what the point is. If Dr. McDill required you to memorize a whole book of theology, how easy would that be? That's going to be a tough assignment. If I demanded you memorize Psalm 119, you'd go, uh, Mrs. McDill, I need to take a different class. Psalm 117, very near the middle of the Bible, seems to, in many ways, capture the message of the book of Psalms and in some ways even capture the message of the scripture, of the Bible itself. And it's only two verses. You can memorize that this afternoon. And in those two verses are enough to meditate on for days. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. I think you can manage that. That can be your capsule of theology. We were talking about acronyms. When my kids were in school, they had to memorize all the planets in order. How did they memorize that? They, they had a sentence that they learned. My very excited mother just served us nine pizzas. Got it? 
Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Now, okay, I know Pluto's been disqualified, been kicked out of the Galactic Planets Union. But you can learn the order of the planets without that much trouble. My very excited mother just served us nine pizzas. Psalm 117, our theology in a nutshell. Great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. You say, that's Old Testament. We're New Testament Christians. Read that verse again. That's as true for us as it was for the psalmist who wrote this psalm, whether that was David or some other. Short psalm. Easy psalm, but a deep psalm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you gave us a short chapter, a psalm so short that we can understand it at a glance. We can see it all in one look. And yet it holds truth so deep that we can ponder it for days. No matter what we go through this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or this summer or any other time, we can come back to that simple truth. sort of like that children's song that we learn, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Profound truths in a small package. Thank you, Lord, for that message to us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>